Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, the speakers are a little loud. Let me turn it down just a hair. There we go. That's much better. On this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk some more about glitches in the Matrix. But first, as always, we have shout-outs. That's right, shout-outs going out to the patrons. Head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac. Patrons, don't worry, I've got a couple episodes in the works that I'm trying to finish up. I don't think I'm going to get to them this weekend, I'll be honest, but by next weekend, that's my hope. But shout-outs to Jen Jen, Stacy, Tamara, or as she likes to be called, Daddy, Amber, Gary, Tracy, Matthew, Sandy, Kelly, Menace the Beast, Kick-Ass Magic Robot Webcomic, Sandy, Paige, Kyle, Sean, Andrew, Scott, Andrea, Devin, Melody, Ricardo, Vicky, Marisol, Liam, Roger, Michael, Terminal, Animal, Alicia, Becca, Jake, and the Beasties, Elizabeth, Voitek, Sherry, Art, Muffin, Trudy, Tim, Kenneth, Paul, Ricardo, Ian, Jen, Alexandra, George, Connie, Seth, Jason, Cindy, Kim, Ashley, what's that? Ezram, Robin, Will, Lauren, and Phil McGano, Russell, April, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, hey, howdy, hi, Cindy, Bob, the Sean, Bishop, Aloha, Stacy, Paula, Jerry, Leo, Scustin, Lindsay, Han, Megan, Matt, Amy, Jeff T, Harley, Suzanne, Joe, Lauren, Happy birthday to the Lauren Strong, Veronica, Autumn, J. Mark Manning, Carolyn, Martin, Jade, Nanashi, Chuck, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Dan, Laura Pitts, and GamerFan. With two special shout-outs, as always, to Joe Teague, I hope you're listening still, and Stitch. Alrighty, with that, let's get right on into Paranormal News, because there's a lot to talk about. So, let's Paranormal News it. Paranormal News. I like that one a lot. All right, our first story in paranormal news. There's a lot of UFO stories, not surprisingly, but the first one is need to find out UFO sightings soaring over Ohio. It's been a busy year in the skies above Ohio with UFO sightings soaring. In the recent months, a number of unexplained flying objects have been reported in Akron, Mayfield Heights, Crestline, and other communities. Some of the objects resemble aircrafts that were recently recruited by the military off the coast of Florida. Oh, I see what they're saying. They resemble aircrafts. I, they resemble the UAPs, the Tic Tacs. I get it. Others defy explanation. And from an aeronautical point of view, some of these shapes make no sense, said Robert Switek, investigator and board member with MUFON. In this report, Switek explains why UFO is once again in the top, or why Ohio is once again in the top 10 states for UFO sightings and how MUFON is working with the government to finally discover the truth about UFOs. Because if they're just penetrating airspace with impunity, we need to find out. Now, unfortunately, there's only one photo. To me, just to me, this photo looks like it's taken looking out of a window, either in a house or a car looking out of a window. And to me, just to me, it looks like a reflection of a light. I mean, it really does. It looks like a reflection of a light in a window, in a pane of glass. But, you know, I wasn't there, so I can't say for sure. 
So with that, let's move on to the next one. The next story in Paranormal News, the UFO briefings on Capitol Hill have begun. That's right. But lawmakers aren't impressed. Agencies need to take this much more seriously, one aide says. Lawmakers received the latest secret briefings on UFOs and national security agencies still aren't taking seriously the purports of highly advanced aircraft of unknown origin violating protected airspace. Members of the Senate Intelligence and Armed Service Committees received classified progress reports in recent weeks on a new series of data collection efforts the Pentagon and spy agencies are now required to pursue more rigorously. It's a lot. It's a wordy way of saying there's been another round of data because they have to collect the data now. Uh, some of the leading sponsors say they want more analysts and surveillance systems uh, dedicated. Sure, why not? I think it's a great idea. Why not have more surveillance systems dedicated to identifying or figuring or tracking these UAPs? One of those lawmakers is Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, a member of both committees who has called the phenomenon an urgent issue and for the first time is expressing her public dissatisfaction to the response. Senator Gillibrand believes that the DOD needs to take this issue much more seriously and get in motion. They've had ample time to implement these important provisions, and they need to show us that they're prepared to address this issue in the long term. I like that. Ten years ago, five years ago, maybe even three years ago, there is no way a sitting senator would have been so bold to say we need to take UFOs more seriously. That just shows you that times are changing. All right, yep, next in Paranormal News. That's about all for the story. They just, you know, need to take it seriously. Representative Tim Burchett on UFO sightings. It's a bogus cover-up. Representative Tim Burchett, just so you, uh, to give you guys an idea, Gillibrand was a Democrat. Tim Burchett, a Republican. That means both sides of the fence are on the same side of this topic because he believes the Pentagon knows there's more to what they're saying following the latest secret briefings on UFOs. There's an arrogance in government at that level that we cannot handle what's going on out there. It's bogus cover-up. It doesn't fit, and it's about power and control. So again, we have both sides of the political fence saying the same stuff. We need to start taking these way more seriously, and we need to figure out what the hell it is that's going on. Already up next in Paranormal News, UFO spotter sees mysterious black cube on NASA livestream before the site gets shut down. Now, this has happened many, many, many times. It was just released May 5th today, but I've seen this picture a billion times. So either the news story or the person or somebody's not being exactly correct with it, or it's happened again. To me, it looks like a pixel is missing from the data that they've collected, but I'll just, let me read it. Self-proclaimed extraterrestrial expert, Scott C. Waring. Expert, really? Claimed the American Space Agency covered up the particular area of the sun and shut down the website. Recovered footage shows a tiny square-shaped object on the right bottom corner of the sun for roughly two seconds before the clip abruptly ends. Scott says that that clip from the Solar and Heliospheric Observatory, a project of international cooperation between NASA and the European Space Agency, represents a glitch in the system and that someone is covering something up. No, it doesn't. There's no glitch in the... Uh, I'll keep reading. Scott said, you can see the cube coming out of the sun, and right after that, a big glitch that covers 25% of that. There it is, gone, glitch, two frames of the cube coming out of the sun, then huge glitch, one, two, glitch. Guys, this is mind-boggling. No, I'm sorry, it's not. Look, there is, there is something there. It's a black square. Could it be a UFO? 
Sure. It's unidentified. I'm not necessarily saying it's flying, but uh, it's unidentified. So maybe, but to me, me personally, it looks like a missing pixel in the data. But who knows? Alrighty, up next, the Loch Ness Monster, not a monster, video, the best footage in decades or another log. That's right. Nessie enthusiasts have been getting excited by a holidaying couple's film of a mysterious ripple in the lake. The, uh, let's see, let's move on. You guys know the history of Nessie. Between six and nine meters, 20 to 30 feet long. They said that uh, it's been called a credible sighting. Best footage that a lot of them have seen in decades. That's experts on Nessie. Again, how do you become an, I don't get it. Why aren't, I'm an expert on Nessie. I talk about Nessie just about every week. Does that make me an expert? Uh, let's see. Keeper of the official Loch Ness Monster Register says that it is a credible official sighting. In terms of video evidence, there's been two or three really good videos in the past, but this certainly up there with the best of them. Let's see if I can find the freaking video. Let's see. We're clicking on it now. Here we go. All right, let's watch this video. And by us, I mean, let me watch this video and describe it to you. And if it's relevant enough, I'll put it on the, uh, the Facebook pages. Well, so far, I'm not impressed. It's just spinning wheels. Ah, here we go. Maybe. Aha, here we are. Okay. The video is up. Is there any sound? Let's see. No, it doesn't look like there's any sound. It's of the lock. I see the castle ruins at the bottom of the screen. Still seeing the lock. I'm now 34 seconds into a two-minute video. I see the lock. I don't see any ripples. It is clear. I mean, I will say that if something pops up ripple-wise, that will be astounding because it is dead silent. Like, you can see perfect reflections. That, that water is calm. Oh, there's a... There's a little splish splash. You see that? Is that what he's talking about? I'm going to forward. I'm going to fast forward. I'm going to guess that's it. There is a V line of wake towards the bottom. All right, it is getting bigger. I've skipped ahead to 1 minute and 51 seconds into the video, and it is getting bigger. Problem is that, oh, no, no, it's moving. No, it is moving. It's curving towards the, all right, yeah, this is this is viable. I'll post this on the uh, on the Facebook page. It's interesting. I don't know necessarily what it is because all you can see is the ripple of or wake of something, but it does seem to be moving and it does seem to have mass. I'll put it that way. That's the best way I could do it. I'm going to say, yeah, that one's a neat one. All righty, let's move on. We got a lot to get to. Uh, let's see up next in paranormal news. <laughs> this next one is I got a very, I got to pick and choose from it very carefully because it's about conspiracy theories, and with it, some of the more volatile conspiracy theories that I don't want to talk about. But the reason I wanted to bring it up is this part. I'm going to skip to this part. Creatures known as Bigfoot or Sasquatch exist in the woods of the Pacific Northwest. 7% of men and women out there say it's very likely to be true. 20% of women, 11% of men say it's somewhat likely to be true. 23% of women and 25% of men say it's not very likely to be true. So you got a lot of, I mean, it's 7% saying like very likely, but the one that I'm really interested in is that 20% that of women and 11% of men saying that it's somewhat likely to be true. The next one they asked them about, they're basically asking men and women about conspiracy theories to get their impressions. The next one I'm going to talk about, though, is the earth is actually flat. 65% of women, 
85% of men say not at all likely to be true because it's not true. It's not true at all. Uh, only 1% of men and 7% of women say that it's very likely to be true. So the earth is not flat. If you listen to this podcast hoping that I'm going to say the earth is flat one day, please keep listening. Tell your friends. Make sure you click like and subscribe. But that's never going to happen. And then uh, they go, I'm not going to go through the rankings of between uh, Democrats and Republicans because that's bad. Yeah, the rest of these are very volatile uh, conspiracy theories. But the two that I wanted to talk to you about were Bigfoot and Flat Earth. I thought there was one about UFOs, but I can't find it. And I'm going to move on because I got lots to get to. So up next, first the leprechaun and now this. Photos of Wilmer Bigfoot hoax go viral. That's right. This one is actually a debunked one, a debunking paranormal news story. In Mobile, Alabama, they said you might have seen pictures circulate on social media on Friday. The Mobile Sheriff Mobile Sheriff's Office says they cannot confirm. We knew this was a job for NBC 15, so we reached out to Kenny Walker to find a little bit more about the origin of the startling photos of what 100% looks like a dude in an ape costume, not even that good of an ape costume, walking on a riverbank. Uh, the first photo, it's far enough away, so you can't really see it. The second one, bad, bad done. Third one, even, even worse done. Fourth one, far enough away. Again, it should have made some news, but they said, Mobile County Sheriff's Office just validated the photos and the Finding Bigfoot team has, deploy has been deployed to Big Creek Lake in, Vil in Wilmer, Alabama. A Wilmer man is happy to be safe at home after a scary incident while turkey hunting near Tanner Williams Road. The person who wishes to remain anonymous spotted a Bigfoot in the woods on the water's edge, took these amazing, amazing photographs of the beast. At first I thought it was a grizzly bear, but once I got a better look at it, I realized it was definitely a Sasquatch. A short one. Um, and it turns out, shocking, it was fake. It was fake. Uh, they said that, uh, that it was a hoax. That has gone viral. They don't say who did it or why, but, you know, so they could do a hoax that'll go viral. So, again, don't believe everything you see, paranormal or otherwise, because, you know, people are still out there hoaxing. All right, this last one in paranormal news was one that just popped up today, right before I was about to record this, and I was like, I got to give this update, because, as you know, I was, am, always will be a huge fan of treasure. Treasure hunting, finding treasure possible treasures that are still out there to be found. And one of the coolest ones ever was Fenn's treasure. I had a lot of people reach out to me after the original episode I did about Fenn's treasure, thinking that I had some insight into the location of Fenn's treasure. And I didn't, and I didn't pretend to. I just said that, and some of them said that I was doing patently false information. They're like, that is blatant false information you're you're making shit up just so you can put it on a podcast. Well, that's not how podcasts really work. Like, yeah, you can do that, but it's not going to benefit me. And two, it was confirmed by people that were very close to Fenn that I did not do that. But if you don't know, Fenn's treasure, he was an artist. He, he hid some treasure. He did a, a little thing about like, hey, here's how you can find the treasure. Okay, just go back and listen to that episode. It's an amazing episode all about Fenn's treasure. And people for like what, 10 years were trying to find it. And then one guy supposedly did find it. And everybody's like, what the crap? Did he really find it? And Fenn finally said, yeah, it was found. So they said, 
The epic treasure hunt concluded in June of 2020 with the announcement that the riches had finally been found. The news proved to be a rather anticlimactic as both Fenn and the finder later revealed to be a man named Jack Stuf. Stuf? Hey, Jack, S-T-U-E-F. I'm sorry I butchered your last name. Please come on the show. I'm not going to ask you to give me any information you're not willing to give. I would love to talk to you because, again, this is a huge thing. I, I absolutely loved everything about Fenn's treasure. I'm glad that you found it. But he refuses to divulge where the treasure had been hidden for the last decade. Now, nearly two years later, the maddening mystery has moved considerably closer to being solved at last. In my opinion, unfortunately solved at last. They say the um, this comes by a website named Outside, courtesy of a lawsuit filed by Jamie McCracken. Hey, Jamie, if you're listening, I don't need to talk to you. He alleges that Fenn's treasure hunt was not on the level and as such has sued the estate. Come on. While a number of similar cases have been dismissed, this particular attempt has proven to be successful so far and it's set for trial next month. As part of the legal wrangling heading into proceedings, McCracken was to depose Stoof, Stoif, Jack, I'll just say Jack, and it was expected that he would be able to extract the exact location of the treasure from the finder when given the opportunity to question him under oath. Why? What purpose does that serve? Then said that was the treasure. This guy found the treasure. I'm sorry you're all your ass is all McCracken, but you didn't find the treasure. All right, remarkably, it was at this point that the federal government got involved in the case and filed a motion to intervene in the lawsuit with the somewhat vague reasoning that the treasure was hidden on federally owned and managed by the Department of Interior and that revealing the precise spot to the public would be problematic. So, basically what they're saying is it was found in Yellowstone Park, which was I think if I, I can't recall if I said it on the air, but that is one of the spots that was like the big prime spot to be. It was going to be found was Yellowstone Park. It's huge. So good on this guy that Jack that found it. But they said that a subsequent examination of the area found that it was not conducive to become a veritable tourist attraction, which they're right. It will. A lot of people who ever hunted for, like all these people that went out there and hunted for Fenn's treasure, want to see how close they got to it. They want to see the exact location so they could be like, ah, oh, I went left when I should have gone right. Or, holy crap, I walked right by it. But it will become a tourist attraction. They're right. They say that the testimony in the government's description of the spot would appear to confirm the longstanding suspicion that it was hidden in Yellowstone. The conclusion is strengthened by an email unearthed by McCracken's lawsuit where Jack contacted Fenn upon his discovery of the treasure and used carefully crafted language to suggest that the art dealer would give him the riches by virtue of him having of his having found them. Now, this is believed to be a clever loophole to maneuver around the laws surrounding property found in national parks and that instructions regarding the verbiage may have included may have been included in the, the treasure chest along with the riches. Yeah, I, I, it really does seem like Fenn was smart enough to say, hey, if you find it, say this. That way I know you really found it. Congrats kind of a thing. I mean, a total cool Willy Wonka kind of a thing. Fenn didn't have to do a treasure. Yeah, he was dying or thought he was dying, so he did it as a legacy kind of a thing. But he also wanted just to get people out of their houses and kids off their phones and just to go out and see if you could find the treasure. He said it wasn't going to be anything, you know, precarious or dangerous that just about anybody could find it and that he himself put it out there. So it had to be accessible. This was an awesome thing that I wish more people would do 
because, well, they probably won't now with these stupid lawsuits, but I really wish, hope that more people will do this because there are treasures still out there to be found. If you haven't listened to that episode, there are treasures in America and in Europe that are still out there to be found. And now I'm not talking about like Oak Island where you have to own the island and dig thousands of feet deep. No, I'm talking about here's a riddle, solve the riddle, go to the location, there's your treasure. It's that easy. There's one in Southern California, less than five miles away from me. I personally don't think the treasure is still there. Again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the old episodes. But, I mean, I could get myself a metal detector and start walking around and see if I could find that treasure. Why don't I? Because I'm lazy and I got too much stuff. I got a day job and the podcast and the dog and I'm lazy. Did I mention that? Well, that's, that's why. But... There's treasure out there to be had. Again, you don't have to find a shipwreck. You don't have to know how to dive. I mean, those treasures are out there, and you should find those too. But there are more accessible treasures to be had. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to those episodes. And if you do find one of those treasures after listening to one of my episodes, please give me some credit in the news. Like, hey, I found it because of Paranormal Almanac, or buy a shirt, or, you know, cut me some money. I don't care. Just... Give me a piece of treasure. That would be cool. I'd like to have a piece of treasure. That'd be rad. All righty. With that, uh, oh, before we go on break, if you want to go over to tpublic.com slash store slash Paranormal Almanac for all your Paranormal Almanac merch. We got masks and pins and uh, let's see what else, stickers and shirts and I don't know, probably tote bags and hoodies and T-shirts and baseball jerseys. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there and it's a lot. It's very cool. In case you guys aren't on social media, I just bought a bunch the other day because it was on sale. I'm not sure if it still is. It's Public; They get to do the sales. But I just bought four of my own shirt designs and like four of my stickers, three or four of my stickers, because I want my own merch. I, You know, I designed it. I thought it was neat. I hope you guys like it. There's a lot of them. Speaking of, last week, the first 200th episode shirt just went up or merch just went up. When I get done with this episode... The second new 200th episode merch will be added. My plan is to add one every episode up until the 200th episode, roughly. Uh, Maybe every other week, maybe a couple of months, I don't know. But I'm going to have a bunch, and then I'll wait a few weeks after the 200th episode, and then those shirts are gone. That merch is gone. It is limited edition. It will only be offered for a very limited window. And I'll, I'll warn everybody. I'll be like, hey, you know, you got a week left, and then I'm taking them down because they're limited edition for a reason. I want it to be an event. The 200th episode is coming up very soon. It's going to be huge. It's a very daunting task to look at the outline of it, the outlines that I do of these episodes. It is very daunting to see how big this episode is going to be. But I can't wait. I get to have a bunch of people that were on the, the shows before back. It's going to be fun. There's a lot of guests. Hopefully, everything's you know up in the air. Fingers crossed. But uh, I'm very, I'm very, I'm really looking forward to the 200th episode. I really am. All right, we'll be right back with more Paranormal Almanac. We are back. All righty, this episode. More glitches in the Matrix. Kurt, why do we need more? Well, one, because I loved that episode, the original one I did. 
And you guys seem to love that episode. And they loved that episode. Who's they, you might ask? Well, they are the ones that you see out of the corner of your eyes. They are the ones that are watching you. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about 9% of this time. But people love the episode. So I figured, well, I'll do another episode. I mean, I'm no closer to understanding Glitches the Matrix than I was the last time. It's not like I went, oh, hey, I, I figured it out. Here's, I did the math problem. Here you go. It's true. Or, hey, I hacked the system and now I'm Neo. No, I am. I have no more understanding of the glitches in the Matrix than the last time I did it, but I'm more freaked out by it now. I, I was going to say freaked out, I don't know of what, of the, of the glitches, basically, because of a story that I'll share with you about my own personal glitch that literally just happened to me last week. Yeah, last week. Um, it it caused me to bump this episode up to like release it now because I was like, I got to get this story out while I can. I was telling Sean Bishop the story the other day and it was fucking weird. All right, here's the story. So I was out walking rum. Easy enough, walking rum. She's on a leash, blah, blah, blah. She loves squirrels. Now, she doesn't want to catch them or anything. She just loves to like, you know, stand up on the tree and look up at the squirrels and, you know, just happy to play with everything. She's a sweetheart of a dog. So we're walking and I noticed this squirrel. It was a big tree block from my house. The squirrel was towards the bottom of the tree, towards the ground, kind of like skittering, like, you know, like they do like around the tree trunk, but not going around it, just kind of skittering back and forth. But I noticed, I was like, oh, it's, a, it's definitely a young squirrel. It's a tiny squirrel. But the reason that it stuck out to me was it had half a squirrel tail. Like it had its full tail, but only the bottom half of it was fluffy like a squirrel's tail. The, the end of it didn't have any of the fluff, so it was like a rat tail. So it was very noticeable squirrel. It'll, you'll see why I'm getting into the details in a second. But So I was like, oh, you okay, little guy? You don't look too good. And I was thinking to myself, <clears throat> poor squirrel, it doesn't, doesn't look the healthiest. Between the tail and the weird skittering, it doesn't look the healthiest. So I was like, all right, all right, Rum, come on. If, if I want her to stop playing or, you know, trying to chase the squirrel or whatever, I'll just say, let's let it eat its breakfast. And she goes, oh, okay. She knows that means, you know, it's going to do its thing. And we're going to keep walking. So I said that to her. I was like, all right, let's let it eat its breakfast. And we walk the next house. There's a tree in front of, you know, there's a tree in front of each house. We walk to the very next tree. And at the bottom of the tree towards the ground was a tiny young squirrel with half a tail, bottom half squirrel tail, end of the tail, no fur, so it looked like a rat tail. It was the same fucking squirrel is what I'm getting to. Now, mind you, it wasn't like the squirrel could have ran by us. It didn't run by us. I was like, that squirrel was just on the tree behind me, that tree right fucking there. Now it's right here in front of me, doing the same thing, doing the weird skitter, you know, skittering around. It's towards the bottom of the tree. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's the same squirrel. Not I realize there are many squirrels out there. This was the same squirrel. So I was like, all right, I'm kind of I'm kind of freaked out here. So I pull rum. I'm like, keeping my eye on the squirrel as best I can. We walk back to the tree. Tree number one, that is. I go around to the front of the tree number one where I saw the squirrel, and the squirrel is there. So I look at the other tree real quick. Boop, what? I look back, no squirrel on the second tree. The squirrel went from tree one to tree, tree, tree two back to tree one without ever, you know, 
climbing up the tree and jumping across or running across, nothing. It's the lamest glitch in the matrix, but if you've ever had a glitch in the matrix, lame as that may be, if you've ever had a glitch in the matrix, you will know how much it freaks you the fuck out. Like I said, it's the same squirrel. It teleported from tree one to tree two back to tree one in a second, in seconds. I'll put it that way. I'm not that quick. In seconds. Without ever running by us, ever jumping over to the other tree, nothing. I can't explain it. It freaked me the fuck out. And ultimately, I, I took Ram and I was like, all right, we're walking back the other way. And we basically just walked back home. We had a short walk that time because I was so freaked out by it. And I took a photo of the squirrel, but I mean, it's nothing. I'll, I'll post the photo. It's nothing really to see. It's not like I caught a squirrel in mid-transport or whatever or teleport, but uh, it freaked me out. So I was like, okay, I just had a glitch in the matrix. What does that mean? If I would have kept walking or if I wouldn't, you know, tried to reach out and touch the squirrel, what would have happened? You know, if I did it, did the simulation or whatever reset, it skipped it ahead to a tree and then reset and it was fine again. Would it have been fine? What does it mean? I don't know. Not I, like it doesn't mean anything to it to anything. Why? Why the squirrel? Why that squirrel? But it's weird as hell. So. I guess to recap, if we are living in a simulation, oh, and by the way, odds are this has been done by scientists in 2021, the odds that we're living in a simulation are now at 50-50. 50-50 odds we are living in a simulation, which is a terrifying thought. But if we are, so what? What does that change? I still have to go to work. We still have to pay bills and figure out what the hell we're going to eat every damn day. Nothing changes that I noticed there was a glitch in the matrix, that there was something wrong with the simulation. Nothing changes by that. Weird, right? So let me read a couple of articles about the simulation theory. Not the full articles, just a little pieces here and there. And then I'm going to get to the good stuff. People online that tell their own simulations or glitches in the matrix story, whatever you want to call them, some just as mundane as mine. You know, it's just like in the Matrix where he saw the black cat walk by and then a second ago he saw the black cat walk by and he's like, whoa, deja vu. That's what it was like. I saw the squirrel. Then I saw the squirrel in the second tree. What? That was weird. Hold on. I'm going to go investigate. Boom. Squirrel back at the first tree. All right. The first story is from Wired.com and it just says living in a simulation. And it was written March 9th, 2022. And they said, of course, we're living in a simulation. The only people who absolutely disagree are, well, scientists, and they need to get over it and enjoy the join in on the fun. Is it fun? I don't know. They talk about a book called Genesis, the story of how everything began, calling the it that made it happen. You know, like they talk basically that the beginning of the Bible was the beginning of the simulation, if you will. And then they give real world proof of a simulation. Uh, one happened in 2016. It was a presidential election. That's all I'm going to say. This is from the article, but I don't want to piss anybody off, so I'll just put it that way. They said that the 2017 awards, when when Moonlight oopsed its way to the best picture, some say it was COVID-19 pandemic. Some say it was just other little mundane things that are proof that we're living in a simulation. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that seem to say or seem to a lot of people to be like, 
we're in the we're in the wrong timeline. Something bad happened. Now, I personally don't think that the 2016 election is proof of a simulation. I think it, it's proof of something happened and we skipped into another timeline. Because a lot of people say, like, man, we just seems like for some from like 2016 when all these celebrities started dying and everything that happened in 2016 politically, it just seems like we went into the bad, you know, the bad place. If you ever watched, you know, the good place. And it does. It seems like, you know, something happened really badly and we just got dumped into a shitty timeline. All right. The, uh, the next, the next one says it's basically the same thing. It says, Hey, yes. Opinion. We are living in a simulation. What does that mean for us? And the answer is nothing. Like if I was to really read the, the article, the ultimate response is it means nothing. You can't glitch your way into being a billionaire well, maybe you can, but there hasn't been evidence of that yet. You can't say like, oh, I've hacked my way. You can't neo your way out of the simulation. Maybe you can. There's no proof again of that happening. But if you have and you have proof of it, please reach out to me, paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. I'll have you on the 200th episode or we'll have a call or something because if you figured out how to do that, you must have figured out a way to give yourself a better bank account. And the other thing about that New York Times article, the second article that I'm going to skip right now because I don't I've been I'm already boring myself with these articles is the fact that the people who really think that we're in simulations are billionaires like Elon Musk who says that we are 100% living in a simulation that's dumb you're a billionaire if you are living in a simulation I think I said this last episode if you're living in a simulation and you're a billionaire you shut the fuck up and you enjoy being a billionaire you don't mess it up for yourself and pop yourself out of the simulation to find out that you're, you know, Neo eating grits on a crappy little spaceship. Like, come on, man, you're a billionaire. Just say, cool, thanks, simulation. Please don't take my money away. Everything's cool. We're not in a simulation. Whatever you want me to say, I, I'll stop being an ass and I'll, I'll end world hunger instead of buying Twitter. But, you know, I digress. All right, so let me read you some stories from people online about their own personal living in a simulation slash glitch in the matrix kind of stuff. Again, can't prove any of these are real. I can't prove they're not. So grain of salt with every one of these stories. Okay, up first, when I was around 20, a few years ago, I kept having dreams about a woman with long black hair named Aurora. Now, there were different dreams, but for some reason, her distinct face and name always ended up in them. It got to the point where I'd wake up frustrated and confused trying to Google her name or find out how I was connected to her. After a few months, she stopped showing up and I dismissed it thinking my brain was just being a scumbag, basically. Fast forward a few years later, Halloween 2009. I'm in the car with a friend, stopped at a gas station. I'm about to pull out and merge onto a highway when I get a phone call from a random number. So I stopped the car, but there was no one, but no one answered. There was a person behind me who grew impatient, honked at me, then swerved in front of me instead of waiting two seconds for me to move. The second they get on the highway, some silver Civic loses control of their wheel and crashes the car that swerved in front of me. I called the cops and waited at the gas station for them to come. Turns out the driver of both cars died. It 100% would have been me if I hadn't gotten that phone call. I called it back a few hours later out of gratitude and curiosity. It rang three times and then it went to a voicemail. Hi, you've reached Aurora. Please leave your name and number. Never had goosebumps like that in my life. Called it again the next day because I was confused about the whole situation. Some woman answers. We get to talking. I tell her my entire story, including the dreams I had. 
She tells me she doesn't know how I got her number and that she never called me as far as she remembers. Weird. Ask her if she has a Facebook to confirm if she is, in fact, the woman in my dreams. Check her Facebook. Holy fuck, it's her. That's cool. That's a cool way to kick off a glitch in the Matrix. Or we're living in a simulation or weird premonitions, however you want to word it. Some of these are just like premonitions, but you'll get it. You'll, you'll see what I'm saying. Alrighty, up next. So I'm pretty sure I shifted realities or something because this morning I went out to put on my glasses. I have two pairs and just wear whichever one I grabbed. And this morning it was my blue frames, which I don't like as much because they're not as comfy. Feeling too lazy to go search for my comfy glasses, I shrug and went on to finish getting ready for work. Fast forward to work, I was in the bathroom and suddenly got double vision out of nowhere, but after a second it got normal. I checked my glass lenses, thinking maybe something was on them, and nothing that would cause that was there. Then I went back to my desk and I realized I saw green frames around my eyes and not the blue ones, and that had just been on my mind all day. I have to add... When I got home, my blue glasses were still on my bedside table, but in a different location. I am positive I didn't change glasses before leaving my house. See, this is what I mean about some of them can be infinitesimally subtle. Is that a word? Infinitesimally? Whatever. They can be subtle. So subtle that you shouldn't really notice blue frames to green frames. Didn't affect them. No one died. But something was just slightly off. And if it happens to you, you know that weird gut feeling, that hair stand on the end feeling of, I know that's wrong. I know that's not what it was like. Now, that, to me, is a serious glitch in the Matrix. Well, a glitch in the Matrix, not serious. This next one says, this happened to me in third grade, and it scared me so much I started crying, and I had to go to the office to talk to the principal about it. I was in the hallway for misbehaving, and my neighbor, Tad, a year younger than me, came walking out of a class to my right, passed in front of me, and headed down some stairs. We said hi to each other. About 20 seconds later, he walks out of the same class, passes in front of me, and heads down the stairs. I just stared at him, confused and afraid. And he looked back at me like, why the fuck are you looking at me like that? I never realized how much it was like the Matrix deja vu. Yeah. Again, subtle. But what the hell was that about? What caused that? There is a possible explanation I'll, I'll give you a little bit later if I remember, but um, it's not enough to really explain any of these for me. This next one says, I've teleported two different times. First time, I was in Ecuador, and one evening I decided to climb a mountain on the edge of the city they call, oh, good Lord, Kurt, Guayaquil. Sure, why not? I rode my skateboard to the base and started climbing straight up the mountain. No trails, just beeline to the top. About halfway up, I set my skateboard and bag next to a large rock as it was steep, and I needed both hands. Once I got to the top, I saw another part of the city straight ahead in the same direction I was climbing, but would have to descend in that direction. So I decided to go check out the part of the city, check out that part of the city. I descended straight down towards the city on the opposite side of what I climbed. And as I'm descending, I see my skateboard and bag sitting by the rock. Somehow, I climbed straight up a mountain and tried to go straight down the other side, but ended back up on the side I climbed up was literally a straight line there. There's no possible way I could have ended up on the same side of the mountain. It was like I was in a video game and reached the edge of a map, so it respawns me back to the checkpoint where my board was. Now, the second time, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, riding my bike. I'm on Thomas Road near 19th Avenue, where you can see the Encanto Golf Course, and I stop to take a sip of my water. I resume riding my bike towards 12th Avenue, where my Airbnb is, and after a maximum of five minutes riding my bicycle... Well, it just says bike. It doesn't say bicycle. Riding my bike, I noticed the road sign numbers are going up, not down. 
and they're now streets instead of avenue. And I see that I'm on Thomas Road and approaching 44th Street. Somehow, I rode 63 blocks in five minutes and was a whole 56 blocks past my Airbnb. I had been riding for a long time that day and couldn't believe it was all I couldn't believe I was going to have to ride all the way back to the 12th Avenue. So I just pulled into the Burger King and called an Uber XL and threw my bike in the back. Oh, it was a bicycle. Threw my bicycle in the back and it was a nine minute car ride home. Now this completely blew my mind. I thought I had a stroke or something, but my phone's clock had only ticked a few minutes since my water break by the golf course. So there you go. Checked his phone, knew the time, rode 56 blocks past where he was supposed to be, a total of 63 blocks in five minutes on a bicycle. You know what? I'll, I'll skip ahead to the, the uh, explanation real quick. A possible explanation real quick. It's a seizure, an instantaneous seizure, I believe is what they call it. Basically, when you have this seizure, you just go into like daydream mode and you don't really realize how much time has passed. It could be only a minute. It could be, you know, 30 seconds, whatever, but you don't realize that any time has passed to you. It seems like you've blinked your eyes, but it can be a possible explanation. Not for this. This was still 63 blocks in five minutes. You can't have a seizure for 63 blocks and in only five minutes because he had checked his phone. But a lot of people are trying to say that these instantaneous seizures where you daydream for a second, not realize it, and when you pop back out of it, you don't even realize you did it, can be a possible explanation for some of these. I disagree with that, but for the skeptics, I wanted to throw that in there. All righty, up next. I've had almost the exact same experience. When I was younger, we had a gigantic Brittany Spaniel. Ruffy was a pretty wild dog and a horrible chewer, so he spent most of his warm months outside on a lead at the top of the yard. Don't do that. Let your dog in the house. That's mean. House on the side of the mountain. My brother and I were responsible for bringing him fresh fruit, food and water daily, and we often made the chores a, a race as brothers are ought to do. So one particular day, I was taking his water up, which was always the slower job to do, as I was pouring it into the empty bowl, I looked down the yard to see my brother bringing the food up the walk. I taunted him that I was going to beat him back to the house and continue to watch him walk up until he drifted a bit to the right after stepping off the end of the walk and disappearing behind a giant bush besides Ruffy's run. I stayed there petting the dog, tossing occasional glances to the left to see if he came around the hard way, but watching, him, watching for him to come around into view to get some extra gloating in. But after about 10 minutes, I gave up, confused, and went back to the house. My brother was in the kitchen talking with my mom, and both gave me confused looks when I asked how and why he managed to get all the way back down to the house without me seeing him. His response was, he hadn't gone outside yet, and my mother confirmed it. All right, so who the hell was he just looking at? It's his brother. He knows what his brother looks like. All right, this next one, I drank a lot of tea. I drink a lot of tea. We're talking five or six mugs a day. And my partner does the same. I've had the same kettle and teapot for years. I know this kettle. The kettle holds 1.7 liters of water, which is the same as my teapot. They complement each other perfectly. I usually make two or three pots of tea every day, 1.7 liters every time. Two weeks ago, my teapot suddenly seemed to shrink. 1.7 liters would make it overflow. Now, to the naked eye, it looked the same, but it could no longer hold the same volume of water. A few days ago, I told my sister about it, and the next day, my teapot was back to its old self. I guess the universe fixed the bug overnight while I slept. Now, someone said, hey, you know, it could be condensation, heat, expansion, you know, something to do with the clay. And this person said, no, 
everything was the same. Temperatures were the same. Nothing was different. Nothing was done differently. It just seemed to kind of reset overnight. The next one says, I think the strangest glitch I've ever found was back when I was in high school. I was talking to a friend on the phone describing a dream I had about an ice skating rink. Then he starts to describe the rest of the dream to me from the opposite point of view. It was a while ago, so I don't remember everything, but we both described the scenery, what the people were doing, etc. It freaked me out when it happened. That's something else I noticed when looking up a bunch of Glitch in the Matrix stories from people online is that dream glitches in the Matrix or connecting to people and them being like, oh, yeah, I was, on, I was in that dream too. I saw this. I saw it from my perspective are big and they consider them glitches in the matrix. I don't know if I do. There's, you know, there's connections that people make in dreams. It could just be that, like astral projecting and everything else. But since they called it a glitch in the matrix, I threw it on here. Alrighty, experienced the first glitch that I can't explain, why, explain away logically. Explain away logically. Good Lord. I've experienced some things before, but it was ever, if there was ever even a sliver of a doubt in my mind, then there was an explanation. I convinced myself it was nothing. But... I was in my backyard earlier, and for a visual, on the right side of my yard is an empty open field separated by some bushes and a few sparse trees. On the left side is my house. I live on a tiny dirt road neighborhood, and there are no dogs that look like mine, and I've never seen any strays. Here's my story. So I'm standing in the yard directly in between the field and the house. My dog took off for the field on the right, which he does all the time. So I'm standing there calling his name through the bushes, and through the greenery, I see his little black and white body prancing back towards the bushes towards me. Same color dog, same short and stumpy body, acknowledging his name being called. I glanced down at my feet while I waited for his ass to get through the bushes. Couldn't have been more than a solid second when I hear a noise to my left. And there is my dog running, running from the other side of the house, running from the side of the house on the complete opposite side of the yard. There is no physical way that he got through the, through the bush, ran around me to the other side of the house, and then came back that way towards me in that amount of time. I literally looked at him and just said, what the fuck? How did you do that? Turned back to the field where I had just seen him, and nothing was there. I don't know. All right, the next one says, my dad used to get up around 3 a.m. every morning for work. Starting at a ver very early age, I would wake up on my own and wander downstairs to see him before he left. One morning, when I was about four years old, I made it to the bottom of the stairs and noticed that the front door was ajar. I opened it up and just saw I opened it up and saw my father in his favorite work shirt making his way down the driveway to his truck in his typical work outfit, plaid shirt and dickies. I swung the door wide open and yelled for him to come back for a hug before he left. He slowly turned around and just stared at me and started walking back towards the house. It was looking so strangely at me that I started to, it started to scare me, and I began to cry, asking what was wrong. Just as he had almost reached me, a pair of arms encircled me from behind me in a bear hug. I turned my head to see my understandably freaked out father staring at his doppelganger in the same outfit. The double took one look at my dad and ran down, the ran down the driveway. Meanwhile, my dad yanked me in the house and locked the door. Weirdest morning ever. Never did quite figure that one out. I would not trust my four-year-old memory of the event if it wasn't also witnessed by my father. He won't really talk about it these days, but my mom has, told me, has since told me that he called out of work and she spent the day reassuring him that he wasn't a nutcase. What the crap kind of cryptid is that? I mean, it could be a lot of things. It could be a skinwalker. There's a lot of weird things it could be. Or 
it could be a serious glitch in the matrix. I'll call that one a serious glitch in the matrix. Well, that's got to scare you, right? All right, this next one, I was in class one day sitting in a group of three people, including myself. We were talking, and my friend dropped his pen on the desk. I saw it stall in midair for a second, then drop on his desk. My friend asked, did anybody else see that? All my friends saw it, and it was just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. To this day, I have no explanation for it. That seems to be another big, are we in a simulation glitch in the matrix, or is things pausing basically in midair? Planes, birds, leaves, trash, a pen in this instance, pausing in midair seemed to be a very big glitch in the matrix thing. Alrighty, up next, in elementary school, we'd all hang our book bags on hooks on the wall every morning. At the end of the day, we'd go get them and pack our things to leave. Well, one day, I went to get mine. Somehow, a small loop in my book bag had gone into another small loop on the book bag beside mine. Think of a chain. It was like that. There was literally no possible way this could have happened. They were both closed-looped, sewn pieces of fabric. Me and the other book bag's owner just stood there for five minutes trying to figure out how it could have happened. There was no possible way. I ended up just cutting my loop to separate them. I still think about it every once in a while. Yeah, teleportation or things moving where they shouldn't have moved or this one like hooking like a chain is another very big possible simulation glitch in the Matrix thing. Up next, I was a sophomore in high school at my girlfriend's house watching a movie. It was around 10 o'clock when the flick ended. I proceeded to skateboard home. I only lived like two blocks away, and it was a pretty quiet suburban neighborhood. So I'm skating downhill towards the a larger street, larger but never really busy, especially not at night. When I reached the intersection, I nailed a rock. I planned on blasting across the street since there's no cars coming in either direction, but I fly off the board, skid a good three or four feet on my head, right shoulder, hip, and knee. I rolled to my back and screamed out in agony. The pain was so bad I couldn't really move. Now, I looked up the road, and about 30 yards off is a car coming down the way. And where I landed, I was right in its path. Two-lane street, I was in the middle of his lane. My head was aligned with the wheel. I tried like hell to move. I screamed. I yelled. I couldn't do anything. Car was about 15 yards off. He doesn't see me. Makes no attempt to swerve. 10 yards. I hear him barreling down. I close my eyes and brace. Nothing. I open my eyes. I look where the car had been. Nothing but I hear the car behind me. I look where it was supposed to be in the other direction, taillights cruising up the road. I hadn't moved. He didn't swerve. It was like he passed through me or I passed through him. There really isn't any way he could have passed over me, not with the way I landed and was positioned in the street. It was a little car. I can't explain it. I got up terrified, bloodied and battered and baffled, howled home and went to sleep. Yeah, that's another one. Cars or solid vehicles, trucks, trains, whatever, seemingly passing through or skipping over things is another big glitch in the Matrix one. All right, about two years into my relationship with my girlfriend, we'll call her Susan. I had a dream about my ex. Dream went like this. I was in my room at my mother's house where I lived at the time, slamming my ex, balls to the wall, sexing it up. I'm reading it exactly like it's worded. I knew I was cheating on Susan but didn't care. So in the middle of it, I looked out. I looked over to the window, which you can see the back porch from, and Susan is standing there watching us crying and mortified. And then I woke up. I thought it was a weird dream, but I dismissed it. A few days go by, and Susan and I are hanging out in my room. She brings up this weird dream she had a few days prior and describes my exact dream, except from her point of view looking through the window. See? Another shared dream one. 
my guess is that Susan didn't, you know, Susan knew it was a dream, but you know, like even in dreams, if you have an argument with somebody in a dream, you wake up angry at them. I have a feeling that Susan was still a little bit angry at this dude, especially if he said, well, that's weird. I had the same dream. Cause now she's like, oh, you're dreaming about banging other girls balls to the wall. I see how it is. You jerk. All righty. Up next. Yesterday, I was pondering around the hallway when I noticed something new, to say the least. On the right side, rightmost side of my hallway heater, presumably dating from the 60s from when the apartment was built, I noticed something peering behind the green cone of paint, green coat of paint that I have never seen before. Now, obviously, I'd been through my hallway many, many times before. Enlarge for a word on a hock on a heater, in large blocky capital font, it read Holly. I found this amusing since I have a character named Holly. They're in a play. And this, I didn't include that part. I planned to take a picture of it, but I had a ton of academic work to do, and I eventually forgot. Today, I went to search for the logo again, and lo and behold, it wasn't there. Not even a trace where it was. It was smoothed over paint like it's been there for years, not even an indentation. I told my mom, and even she had no idea what I was talking about. I searched online, but I couldn't find anything matching what I saw. That is weird. Again. Why is that See, in my, in my mind, in my opinion, I think that is parallel realities. Like, you know, you crossed over to a parallel reality real quick or a parallel dimension real quick and crossed back or, you know, the veil got thin. And in that other dimension, they all have blocky capital font lettering saying Holly on the. So is that a glitch in the matrix or is that a parallel dimension? You decide. Text me now. Text one for yes, two for three. I don't know. All right, up next. My father died in 2008. A night before visiting his house for the last time, he appeared in my dream where he handed me a black camera in a plastic bag and specifically said, take this camera as I won't be needing it anymore. And I took it from him. First thing in the morning, I visited his house where most of the stuff is already moved out by my uncle and I opened up one of his wardrobes, finding a sealed cardboard box deep inside, rip it open with a knife and take out this retro black camera. Now, apparently, my uncle missed that one and took all of his other electronics except for this camera. All I can say is that experience was a proper communication and it significantly eased my pain, knowing that something remains after a loved one passes. I like that one. Not exactly glitch in the matrix in my mind, but I was like, yep, I dig that one. Up next, in high school, I was in a drum line. We usually practiced early in the morning prior to school starting. We were in the band room that day because it was fairly cold. Anyhow, I'm doing my thing, playing the tem tenors, Tom's for the layman, and I drop one of my mallets. I turn to pick it up, and I can't find it. There's about 10 feet of open, bare floor surrounding me, and nowhere it's to be found. My instructor stops us and basically just asks me what the problem is. So, several of us start searching, for around, searching around for my mallet and can't find it. I say screw it, and I grab a spare set. Then, about 20 minutes later, my band director walks in, unlocks his office, sits at his desk, and knocks on the window. I look up, and he picks up the mallet off his desk with a look like, oh, uh, what is this doing here? I went and checked, and I could verify that it was mine because I marked each set. Now, no one had gone in and out, in or out. There's no gap under the door. It's a locked room, but it ended up on the desk. There were 15 of us in that room at the time, and there was a unanimous nope kind of a moment. I was stunned, and one of my buddies became unglued. We pretty much canceled the rest of rehearsal right there, and it bugged us the rest of the day. Yeah, I would say that's freaking weird. All right, skeptics, explain that one. If that story is true, explain that one. All righty, up next. Back when my husband and I first got together, we used to walk, work opposite shifts. 
work opposite shifts. One day I was napping in our apartment before I went to work. As I was drifting off, I had this strange feeling like he was right there laying with me. It was really comforting and warming. So I drifted right into a dream where we were napping together outside in the sun. I woke up about 30 minutes later feeling totally refreshed. My phone vibrated with a text from my husband said, just took a nap on my break. Thanks for joining me. Cool, huh? And that's the end of that story. There's no follow-up saying like when the husband got home, you were like, what the fuck? You can do this all the time? That's weird. Again, is that glitch in the matrix or is that astral projecting? As far as I'm concerned, that seems to be someone who's really freaking good at astral projecting. I would ask him to do it to me, but I don't want to be spooned while I take a nap because that'll freak me the fuck out. Okay, up next. So this one is all about my brother. First of all, my parents named him Samuel, as in the prophet, the guy who hears God's name calling his here's God calling his name. There's a story behind that too. But anyway, on two separate occasions, he had some really strange foresight. The first was when my mom's brother died. Nobody in the family knew, but when my brother woke up that morning, he said to my mom, somebody's going to die today. My little brother is a really quiet kid and doesn't really say weird shit. My mom was thoroughly freaked out, thought she had a crazy son, but later on we found out her brother died. The second happened on 9-11-2001. Little bro was four at the time. He also woke up that day and said to my mom, people are going to die today. Mom was really freaked out, started praying for my brother, thinking he was crazy. Then 9-11 happened. That's cool. Again, now is that glitch in the matrix or is that creepy kids, kids, creepy things kids say? Because I think it's creepy things kids say myself. And it's my podcast, so I'm calling that one creepy things kids say. Alrighty, up next. My university was bisected by a big lake with a wooden footbridge going across it. It had a gazebo in a gazebo island in the middle of it. One night, while walking up to the footbridge, I noticed a guy in a gray hoodie with the hood up walking across the section of the bridge closest to me towards land, but I didn't think anything of him, of course. At that moment, a big oak tree next to the sidewalk I was on cut off my view of the bridge for a split second. When I passed the tree and looked back towards the bridge, the guy in the hoodie was just gone. Now, he couldn't have possibly walked by me off the bridge because I would have seen him, and he couldn't have possibly had time to turn around and make it all the way back to the center island either. He was just playing gone into thin air. Now, this gets better. When my friend came back from abroad the next semester, something in the conversation reminded me of what I saw, and I started to bring it up, and I said, I saw something weird on the bridge. His eyes lit up, and he asked, dude in a hoodie disappeared? He said he saw something like that in freshman year, but never mentioned it because he thought he'd be called crazy. Again, I'm calling verdict on this one, ghost. Not glitch in the matrix, that's a ghost. Up next, my dad told me a story. One time he went out with my mom, his sister, and her boyfriend at the time. They had accident accidentally locked the cat inside the washroom and were gone for the house for a few hours. When they returned to the house and someone went to the washroom, they looked at the ceiling to find cat poop, perfectly coiled on the roof, as if it were the ground. To this day, they have no explanation for how the cat did that. I, I don't know what to call that one. I, I don't know. All right, this next one says, when I was in the first grade, I was taking a test and I noticed blood dripping over my desk, onto my desk. I, it started to gather and I touched my nose and figured, oh, I'm having a nosebleed. By now, there's a huge puddle on the desk and I'm so embarrassed that everybody will see it. So I asked my parent, my parent, I asked my teacher if I could go to the bathroom while trying to cover my face. She doesn't really seem to notice anything and says, yeah, I run to the bathroom. I go to wash the blood off my hands, but as I put them in the sink, I don't see anything. I look up. There's no blood on my face. I walk back to my desk and there's no trace of blood at all. I've yet to figure out what the hell happened to me that day. That's glitch in the matrix. Calling it. That's weird. 
Eight years ago, about the same time of year, I was reading a forum with information about John Teeter. You guys should know that guy. Now, I thought the story was fascinating, but like complete BS. Oh, all right. I had a post. Uh, I made a post on the forum telling future me to call me ASAP, but I did not leave the number knowing that future me would, lo- would likely remember the number I had at the time. I then clicked a link off that site to a really clunky site with more time traveling info, and that site had the Soundgarden song Black Hole Sun playing in MIDI format. I closed the site, and my phone rang with an unknown caller ID. I picked up the phone, and it was Soundgarden's Black Hole Sun playing in MIDI format. I said, hello, who is this? No answer. The line went dead. I think that was future me fucking with me. That's a cool one. I like that one. No explanation. This next one says, All the different dreams posted here made me think of a similar occurrence. Shortly after moving to a different town for college, a good friend from home died. I went back home for the funeral, touched his hand in the coffin, and said goodbye. That night I was in the process of having a dream, and he appeared. He told me that he had something to show me, and he asked me what I, if I knew what astral projection was, and explained that in the realm he's in now, he can take me out of my dreams to the astral plane. We went to all kinds of neat places, and then he then told me that he's safe and happy, and then he's had he has had to wait to tell me about it. That's worded wrong, but he had to wait to tell me about it because he couldn't find me in my new town. He stopped talking abruptly, grabbed my shoulder, and said, 1251. I immediately woke up to my mom yelling at me. I looked at the clock, and it was 1251. I asked my mom, and she said she never said the time just to get up. Okay, that's astral projection by a ghost. I wish that would happen. I'd love to hang out with friends that had passed away. Up next, at a friend's party when I was 13 or so, I went out to their driveway and looked up at the stars. Suddenly, the brightest one just fell, like it was glued to the sky and suddenly came undone. It came straight down behind the houses on the other side of the street. It was surreal. Next one says, I dreamed of a city that didn't exist. No big deal, right? So I Googled the name, and I found a single reference in Google from another person who had dreamed of a city of the same name a few years prior. It was a post on a site, and there was no messaging functionality or forwarding address, so I couldn't get in touch with them. Sadly, I have since forgotten the city name. That's a crappy ending to that one, right? They forgot the city name? Come on. Is that one glitch in the Matrix? I don't know. It's weird, though. Up next, I was driving down a major highway in southern Ontario with my wife. Three lanes on each side of a divider. When suddenly, a white minivan on the other side of the highway lost control and careened right towards us. Now, I jerked our car and yelped, waiting waiting to hear the crash of the van hitting the divider or worse, and nothing. I looked in my rearview mirror, and there was nothing. No van, no accident, nothing. My, my, My wife thought I had a stroke or something, and I was like, didn't you see that? And she didn't. Nothing happened except for my apparent mental break. Now, three months later, I was driving on the same stretch of highway, going the opposite direction during the same time of day. At the exact same spot on the highway, there was a horrible accident. You guys all know what's going to happen. Come on. Yep. White minivan had slammed into the dividing rail, totaled, and spilled out into the opposing lanes. It was the exact same van I saw three months earlier. Is that premonition? Is that glitch in the matrix? Is that simulation? I don't know. Up next, I was home alone, probably 13 or 14. I lived in the downstairs part of the house. My parents lived upstairs where the living room, kitchen, and their bedroom was. I should mention they were out of town in a different state. So I'm downstairs dicking around on the computer when I hear someone run up the stairs. The way my room is situated, I couldn't see. So my first reaction was, my parents were home. I head up the stairs, open the door, which opens into the kitchen, and all of the cabinet doors were open. Every last one, perfectly open. Not thrown open in a hurry, but carefully 
So they're all facing at 90 degrees from the hinge, none of them touching. This was merely seconds after running this after the running up the stairs thing. I call my parents who were in a different state. I check the doors. They're all locked. I don't think that's glitch in the matrix. I think that's poltergeist or ghost because you're probably, you know, 13 or 14. That's near puberty. Probably, you know, masturbating on the computer. Not on the computer, but you know what I mean. Using the computer to masturbate. So, yeah, I'm going to say poltergeist. Up next, I used to work at a video store. Dad and daughter came in to rent a movie. I jokingly told them they had a late fee of $898.58 on their account. They both looked at me in shock. I told them, no, I'm just kidding. The dad tells his daughter just to show me her first paycheck. She brings it out to show me $898.58. Not glitching the matrix. That's more psychic stuff as far as I'm concerned. All righty, up next. Should I end? Now, keep going. Up next, when I was a young lad, I distinctly recalled one afternoon when I was drinking a red cup full of chocolate milk. The cup also had one of those sippy lids on there. About halfway through the cup, I decided I was full. I didn't want any milk anymore. Now, I didn't want to waste milk, so I took the tiny red cup and I put it on the fridge door, second shelf down, below the butter container, near the back. Well, I just wandered off. Well, I, oh, I, well, I went to wander off, and I did childlike things for a little while, and then I came back and thought to myself, damn, I need some milk. Probably didn't say damn, but anyway, reading it exactly like you wrote it. I walk over to the fridge, grab the cup, and take a swig. Gross. Tomato juice. I pulled the little lid off the cup, and sure enough, my cup was now half filled with tomato juice. To make things even weirder, there was no other red cup with a sippy cup on it. No one at my house ever bought tomato juice. We never bought it, and I can't ever recall a time in a life in my life where my parents ever drank it. Yeah, I don't know. That one is weird glitch in the matrix. I have no idea. Alrighty, up next. My job as a backstage electrician in a Tech elect- my, my job as a backstage electrical technician in a theater. Got it. We're, uh, we're used to roaming around in the dark, so sudden people behind you can be fairly normal. I was working on a light that had a loose wire when I asked who I thought was the other electrician to hand me a wire stripper. I look back. There's nobody there. Now, from in front of me, though, he comes walking up, wire stripper in hand. He said I had asked for it a while ago, except that he'd been in the tool room for the past 10 minutes where he thinks I had asked. I had actually asked one minute previous to apparently thin air. Now, the tool room is through a hallway and not even remotely close enough for him to hear me. He freaked out and looked at, uh, looked at me oddly for the rest of the day. All right, I don't know what the hell that is. Up next, I said to myself once, I can't be bothered catching the bus. I want someone to pick me up and drop me home. If this happens now, I'm definitely living in a simulation. You guys all know where this is going. Soon after, less than one minute had passed, a friend picked me up as he was heading my way and dropped me off on my doorstep. Simulation is real. Uh, there you go. All right, apparently, there's proof. that This guy said he's that simulation is real. There's your proof of we're living in a simulation. But this guy seems to have figured out a way to make it work for him. I can't do that. Let me try it real quick. I wish Katie LeClaire would knock on my door right now. Maybe that's too... Here, I'll try a better one. I wish Anna Kendrick would knock on my door right now. Or text me, or call me, or FaceTime me, or Zoom me. I'll give you guys options. Here you go, simulation. If this happens, I know we're living in a simulation, so... Damn it. All right, I'll keep going then. One night I was bored and decided to call up my friend. I picked up the phone, landline at the time, dial and wait. Someone answers and I ask for my friend. They say, uh, just a second. 
and they go to fetch her. I say hello, and I start asking her what she's up to. She sits quietly for a minute and then asks me how I knew where she was. I'm a little confused, and I say, I just assumed you were at home, to which she tells me she's at a random classmate's house working on a school project. How the crap does that one happen? Next one says, I clearly remember this one experience that I had as a kid. I must have been about eight years old, getting ready to go to a function with my family. I just grabbed my hair tie from my room, and I was walking down the hall towards the garage where my family was waiting for me to get in the car. In the hallway, there's a guest bathroom, and as I passed it, I saw my dad standing there in his PJs, his PJ pants, shaving. I look at him and say, come on, Dad, we're going to be late. He made eye contact, me, con- eye contact with me through his reflection in the mirror and said, I'll be right there. So I carried on walking. I get to the garage, and my dad was sitting in the car with my mom and brother, waiting for me, asking, what took you so long? I stood staring at the car, at their car, completely frozen for a few seconds before getting in and not talking for the rest of the trip. I never told them what happened. Well, what the crap? All right, for that one, would you guys have been brave enough at eight years old? Would you have been brave enough to go back in and see if, you know, the dad was still shaving as well? Because that's freaking weird. All right, this next one says, four years ago. Hi, Rum, how are you? Yeah, you're a good girl. This next one says, four years ago, dad and I were traveling to another town to visit one of his old friends. He had traveled back and forth to that town several times. It took three hours by car. After traveling for home for about 30 minutes, my dad looked puzzled and says, this can't be right. We just skipped two hours. I was confused, but then I realized he's right. We were too close to the city to have only been traveling 30 minutes. What would have taken another two hours or so. He had traveled, he had, oh, that he had traveled to in only 30 minutes this time. Yeah, that's another one. That that whole like, Traveling distances greatly. I mean, there's a Bermuda Triangle story like that. One of the most famous Bermuda Triangle stories is like that. So how does that work? Is that glitch in the matrix or is that time travel? I I don't know. Or parallel dimensions or whatever. I don't know. I don't have the answer. Stop asking me. Next one says, uh, was sitting at a restaurant table against a wall with my parents and my two sisters. My older sister is sitting on the inside of the table against the wall, meaning she couldn't get out because I was in the way. She has to use the bathroom, so she says, Preston, move so I can go use the bathroom. But I was annoyed and hungry, so I told her to wait a little bit, and I continued sitting there. A few minutes later, my sister walks back into the area, and she goes, okay, let me back in. And I said, how the hell did you even get out? All five of us looked around at, looked around at each other like, what the fuck? Everyone remembers me not moving from my seat. My sister, who went to the bathroom, doesn't even remember how she got out or walking to the bathroom. That's weird. Up next... When I was young, like everyone, I used to have a car seat. I remember hating it, and I used to do things to try and get back at this horrible chair. One day while I was on the expressway, I was really, well, one day while on the expressway, I really thought I was putting it to the chair when I ripped part of its name sticker off the side and I threw it out the window. This is where the whole glitch takes place. Around two or three years pass, enough time for the car seat to cycle from me to my younger cousin. We're on that same stretch of road, and I was talking to my dad when suddenly something flew in from the window. It was the exact sticker I had thrown out years ago. I checked, and it fit perfectly with the other half of the sticker still on the chair. I don't know what that is. That's cool. Next one's real short. One day I was sitting in my room bored. I grabbed this random foam football football off my shelf and went to the living room and tossed it around a bit. Then I left it there, and I walked back into my room. Yeah, you guys know what's happening. And it was right back there on the shelf where I left it. That's weird. This next one, one day... When my mom was a kid, she brought this really ni- she bought this really nice shirt that she loved. A few days later, my mo- my mother, my grandmother, that is, makes her give the shirt away without any explanation. She's finally convinced 
to give a reason as to why she made her give that shirt away because she loved it so much. She said that she had a dream that night prior that my mom had gotten into a terrible car accident while wearing the shirt. Not two days passed when my mom's friend gets into an accident while wearing the shirt that she had gotten from my grandmother. She had given the shirt to her friend rather than donating it. Way to go. You cursed her with the shirt. You know what? You ever have a dream that a loved one dies wearing this shirt and you know it's the shirt? Don't hand that shirt off to somebody else. Burn it. Make sure it can't ever be worn again. You just totally final destination your mom there, Grandma. Alrighty. Up next, I remember in the sixth grade, I wrote an entire page of some assignment we had to do in my notebook. I turned the page for some reason. When I turned it back, the writing disappeared, but the impressions from the pencil were still noticeable. I checked the entire notebook. Nothing. That's cool. Kind of sucks for them, but that's cool. Next one. One day, me and my mom were sitting in the living room. It was about noonish, and the window blinds were open, revealing a bright sunny day. Not a cloud in the sky. Suddenly, everything goes dark. All you can all you can see outside the window is black. Not darkness, black. I mean, pitch black. Not just really dark. Boy, this is really important to them for you to understand this. Now, this lasts for about one or two seconds. Then suddenly, everything is back to normal, except now it's pouring rain. All right, that's glitch in the matrix. Instant weather change, that's glitch in the matrix. This next one was actually written by three or four different people on three or four different websites. Like people going, that happened to me too. Wait, I had the same thing happen. So see if this applies to any of my listeners. The movie 50 First Dates. I remember it coming out. I remember seeing the commercials for it. I remember it starring Adam Sandler and having a puffin in the commercial. And I also remember it coming out a second time a few years later, but nobody else on earth remembers it the first time. So that sounds like Mandela effect, kind of, or maybe parallel dimensions. But has anybody else had that happen with 50 First Dates? Because if so, I'm going to be really interested. This next one. Oh, no, this is the last one. Here we go. The last one that I had pulled from the internet. This one is from my family. When, this one's from my family. When she was 16, my mom flew through the windshield of a car. She lived to tell the story mainly through a series of quick, really lucky coincidences, all normal enough. But on the day of her accident, my grandmother, my grandparents were out of town. When they got the call, they went to the hospital and then went home. When they got there, they found the front window had exploded outward. Glass all over the driveway for no damn reason. Near as they could tell, it must have happened around the time my mom went through that windshield. That's weird. But there's a second part to the story. The second one is, I was playing air hockey with my cousin in his house. We both hit the puck, and it goes in the air and hovers. And I mean, we had a full conversation like, wow, is this thing coming down soon? I don't know. It's been there quite a while. Sure has. What's going on? I have no idea. It just hung there spinning in the air for probably 10 seconds or more before dropping straight down to the table. So, yeah, there you go. Two very different glitch in the matrix. Are we living in a simulation story? And uh, at the end of this hour and 15 minutes, whatever it's been, I am no closer to understanding if we're living in a simulation, if all of these are glitches in the matrix or simulations, what causes it? Why does it happen? What good is it that we notice it or we have these things happen? Some of them definitely seem like video game simulations, though. It really does. But again, okay, cool. We live in a simulation. Now what? Again, let's try this one last time. If this is really a simulation, 
I want to win the lotto. When I go to check my lotto numbers later, there'll be winning lotto numbers, and I'll be rich beyond my wildest dreams. If this is really a simulation, that'll happen. Okay, I put that out there. Let's see if it happens. If it does, I don't know, half-off shirts or something. I'll figure something out. I'll help you guys out. Don't worry. Free stuff for you guys. All righty, with that, I hope you guys liked this other, the sequel to Glitches in the Matrix episode. Are we in a simulation episode? What do you guys think? Are we in a simulation? If so, do you think that you can figure out how to manipulate the simulation to work better for all of us? Because, frankly, it does seem like shit seems to be gone, you know, has gone bad for long enough. Let's get some good simulation going here. Let's make it a cool simulation where we don't have possible wars. You know, Russia's not being dickholes to, to the Ukraine. Like, come on, enough with the shitty part of the simulation. Let's get to the good part of the simulation where everybody's happy and healthy and has money they can afford to, you know, basic health care. How's that? How's that simulation? Let's try that. All right, I hope you guys like this one. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Really, did no one. The shilly misses it.